the Spanish announce table. Well, here we are back again with another episode, episode 283, in fact, of the Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table. That is uh, Tom, my esteemed co-host over there. T-Mac, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Let's first, let's get right into it. Because uh, we've got a lot to cover. We've got fun AEW picks coming up later. Uh, we've got to recap the week of wrestling. But uh, the biggest story in our world is uh, you, my good friend, had a uh, birthday. How was it? Uh, you know, it was fine. Um, uh, I had a good time. Uh, uh, some people showed up. Uh, you know, not not important, but... Uh... Yeah. Oh, well, who you, you have to let the <laughs> listening audience know who that is. You can't tease them who showed up to your birthday party. Uh, uh, it was none other than you. Actually, we kept it very light. Uh, my wife tried to keep it hidden and, um, you know, can't can't get anything past me, of course. Uh, we've, you know, figured out what was going on. That Somebody was coming over. I didn't think it was going to be Tom over there, but um, uh, it, indeed it was Tom. And, you didn't uh, think it was going to be me? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be you uh, until, you know, she kind of accidentally spilled the beans on that one, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, ah, well, I told her to do nothing. You know, I was like, look, I understand we're, you know, uh, in a COVID situation and whatnot. And she was, right. she, you know, you know, uh, I thought they were just planning on doing something at the house with the kids and stuff. And then, uh, then I kind of figured out, I was like, she keeps telling them, you know what I mean? Like, uh, make it like when we have company coming over. And I was like, yeah, yeah, somebody's coming over here. Uh, and so, you know, I, she had had a uh, mutual friends of ours that she's known forever that, um, has been begging to go do things before a lot of the lockdowns were lifted and stuff. And we kind of kept trying to keep them at arm's length for a little bit, you know? And so I assumed it was them naturally, but, uh, so that was a surprise cause you have not been out to the ranch and you came out here and, uh, saw where I get down at, uh, as, and where I will continue to be getting down as I uh, stare on the other half of 40 here. Yeah, it was great. Got to see the ranch. Got to see all those pups. Oh, Callie. Callie is just the best. The most lovable, cuddly dog with the worst farts this side of the Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> love seeing her. Love seeing all your pups. Love seeing your kids and your wife. Uh, it was a fun night. We You're went out partial there. to seeing me, but. Yeah, I mean, you were there else. too, but then everyone else was too, right? Your wife <laughs> was there. Your great kids. Those amazing pups. You. Two cats. Uh, Two cats that were great. Yeah, your cat, Indy, that would just jump out of the grass to attack one of the dogs. That was great. Callie, who's this big, huge pup that thought it could hide in the grass, which it was bigger than the grass. That was so fun. Uh, yeah, I had a great time. Darts was cool. Your wife broke the board, which have you fixed that yet? Nope. Haven't yeah. even looked at it. Good. She break yeah. the dartboard by using it, apparently. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's you know how she broke the dartboard? She threw a dart at it. Yeah, because that's how you end a party. You say, fuck this shit. There it is. That did no end more the party. score. <laughs> it did. It said, did. fuck it. You guys are like, we're, yeah, you know what? We're, we've been bored long enough. We've got to go. Well, no, we just understood where the, the pecking order was, and she seemed like she was done, so we were done too, you know? And the wife says, get the shit out of here. Then we're like, all right, see ya. Bye. Have a great night. So Yeah, she broke no. the dartboard. She looked at you guys, and you said, she said, you get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then, okay, then we grab our things and we leave as quickly as possible. No, it was a great time. Um, and thanks. Need, thanks for coming out. That was fun. That was a, yeah. a nice break from the norm, the new normal as it is. Yeah, and you got a really cool set of binoculars. Talk about those. Those were awesome. 
Yeah, well, we've been talking about oftentimes we'll see things out on the land or across the way. And, you know, we there's a lot of space between us and some of this space. Uh, and we had a BS set of binoculars from before. You know what I mean? Like a cheap, probably mm-hmm. dollar store kind. And I kept mm-hmm. saying we need like a real set of binoculars. And uh, she went and got those. Uh, and these are, gosh, I mean, yeah, they were hundred dollar set of binoculars. Um, I don't even know the specs on them or anything. I'm not like a binocular nerd. Uh, but you tried them out. Uh, you can see a lot farther away than you can see with your eyes. So, you know, that's how binoculars are supposed to work. But I've spent a great deal of time, like, just checking things out for no reason. I'm like, oh, look at this bird. I'll watch this bird mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's still great. a new toy to play with. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I, trying not to be cheap ass, I got you something. I got you hand sanitizer. But then I also got you... Uh, a St. Patrick candle. Yes. Uh, I love that one too. Cause, uh, you sent me a thing saying like, Hey, do you like uh Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reed? And I was like, you can give me the Patrick Mahomes present. Um, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and yeah. I got you the- awesome. Uh, I didn't say it that way. That was fun. Um, but, uh, that is super cool because it's a St. Patrick candle of Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, I'm sure there will be many a times in this upcoming season. Uh, if the upcoming, uh, season, comes up uh then uh, there will be plenty maybe i'll that's what i'll do i'll light the candle in prayer that the season does come up yeah yeah you gotta light it on the holy day which is nfl sunday uh and pray Ooh, well, we start your... on thursday we kick it off so i'll need to oh need that's to, true right mm-hmm. yeah well we don't we want the a... super bowl <laughs> right but we don't we don't need prayers to beat the Texans again. I mean, no. come on. We no. spotted them 24 points just for funsies and then, you know, ended the game after that. So well, I don't listen, think we need to. You know, uh, other teams' fans probably don't want to hear us keep talking about how the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The I'm Kansas sure City Chiefs. Really, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It probably gets them, you know, annoyed and tired when we keep saying that, like, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Um, they probably hate that, don't you think, to hear that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl? I would assume that if you're not from the great city of Kansas City and <laughs> you city. tuned in to the podcast of the Spanish Nouns Table, you would probably not want to hear the great news that is your 2019 Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions of the NFL season. You the Chiefs won the, the last NFL that. game. Yeah, the, the Kansas City Chiefs won the last knowing professional football game in the greatest country in the world for for all time probably the world all time now, right you know before the empire falls anyway um beyond that um the birthday unless you had anything else to add on that it was great it was fun for you guys to come out um i enjoyed that thoroughly did you get into any craziness outside of that this weekend so I got the grill so I got my yes. Traeger Pro 22 uh grill and it was fantastic. I'm not a grill master in the slightest. So I started off with a beginner course of burgers and I smoked and grilled them. Uh, it had a great flavor to it because you get, so for those who don't know, the Traeger grills are a wood pellet grill. So it's not like charcoal, charcoal or um, propane. Uh, they use wood pellets and the wood pellets creates a smoke and also uh, a fire. Uh, so you can either grill or smoke your, uh, you know, meat or vegetable. Uh, and so, yeah, I went with, uh, burgers as my first option, uh, t- turned out great. And, uh, then I did some pork chops, which were also very, very tasty. And so I'm moving up the ranks as far as my, 
grilling expertise goes. And next is going to be ribeye steaks. So this weekend I'm trying out ribeye steaks and we're going to see how good I do at that. Nice. Yeah. Um, grilling is always fun when you like get a new grill or you just like get your first grill and you're like, I bet I could throw this on it or try it. Like, I can't imagine like, you know how many times I created a sauce out of just random things that I had? Uh, mm. in the, I'm like, oh, well, let's try it with some butter and let's try it with some pickle juice. And let's try it with some, you know, you're just like, whatever I got in the air. And yeah. you always put it on. You're like, this is great. And, you know, everything's great that comes off of the new grill. Uh, that's great. That's fun. And now pretty soon you'll get the beer belly and like the mowing new balances. And, um, so what I got, like, you I know, got what you beat like there. middle-aged, uh, well, I got you beat there. Stuff are you going to get? I got you beat there. I already have the beer belly. We're already there. So, but so I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying to go a little higher class. Let's be honest here, Tim. I'm not going with standard light beer, beer belly grill. Right. So you're not a middle-aged dad. So, right. So I went a little up class, right? So I went with a wood fire, wood pellet grill, and then I drink a gin and tonic from Tom's town, uh, the botanical gin, and so I'm trying to go, you know, a little classier. So I'm I'm not really a huge beer belly. I'm just a little out of shape. Remember back in the day, there was an episode called Two uh, Two Abs T Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to attain that, you know, body shape again. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm trying to trying to be more healthier with what I put on the grill. Trying different options as far as smoking things like that. So it's not always just this char broiled or char broiled, you know, burger or hot dog. So uh, I'm trying to, you know, give you know, me a different angle to the middle aged white yeah, guy. Nothing, you know what I mean? Nothing but class, right? You're going to have your higher end grill. You've got your nice uh, gin uh, from the local uh, creator and pro wrestling. I mean, you are just class of the neighborhood right there's nothing classier than a great pro wrestling match right um and you know what speaking of class let's uh talk about something that now is gonna be a little bit somber but um uh i think the name uh we have come to now associate uh with a classy individual who has passed um chad gaspard formerly of crime time uh the bigger one of the crime times if nobody's uh, aware of his name uh, passed very recently was that also not the day of my birthday was it the day after or something like that um for anybody not hearing uh he was swept away by a riptide while swimming uh, on a beach with his 10 year old son and in efforts to save them the life-saving personnel like he said or helped aid his son saying save my son first and then was pulled under they searched for several hours could not find him and then a couple days later his body washed ashore um which all sucks, right? I mean, I don't even know really what to say about that besides, like, Jesus, that's a really kind of a kick in the nuts to anybody that hears it, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's never great news to to hear or see on your timeline of social media. Uh, you know, from all accounts, you know, we never got the chance to interview him on the podcast or meet him uh, as, he, as, you know, WWE came through Kansas City. Um, but from all accounts, from the Kofi Kingston MVPs, Bobby Lashley's, uh, Seth Rollins, you know, all of the, the people who posted things on social media, he was a selfless guy, uh, good humor, really nice. Um, one great thing that I will mention, uh, is if you're wanting to support, uh, his family through this very difficult time, collar and elbow has an official t-shirt. And from what I read, proceeds are going to support 
his family through obviously uh, funeral arrangements and things like that and just moving forward in life. Uh, so collar and elbow has a uh, t-shirt that you can buy that will help their help his family through this tough time. Uh, so definitely check that out and uh, support it if you can. Obviously, um, you know, it's a very tough time just in general in the world. Uh, but obviously, you know, we always encourage to think of others uh, in their trying times. So I would say uh, if you can definitely donate or contribute to that. Um, but yeah, he also before this uh, stopped an armed robbery. I believe it was at a bank. Uh, if memory serves me correct. Oh, so, so yeah. I think I read it recently. It was like 2016. I think it was like a, a, lick, a grocery store even. But the guy okay. who came in was drunk, demanded somebody give him a beer. I think even to Shad, which is kind of why Shad got involved. And I think from the story I read, Shad said, hey, you know, could have asked nicer than that. Right. Just shrugged him off. And then the guy, I guess, in an attempt to maybe rob the store, whipped out what was a BB gun. So I don't know if Chad had any kind of knowledge of guns, maybe knew that maybe, you know what I mean, he was, wasn't was in as imminent danger as, like, this guy wielding an AR-15 or something. Mm-hmm. But still, to even then reach out, he physically wrestled the gun away and held the guy down until police were able to arrive on scene. By all accounts, I mean, this guy was, uh, you know, I, I saw one of our local wrestling fans who's a, a journalist, uh, pro wrestling journalist, her name's Carrie Williams, if, that, if that's, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking yep. of the name right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, this is what men are supposed to want to be, right? Like, I mean, he was a solid dude. Everybody talks nice of him. He would step up and do the right thing if it meant putting his own life in danger and indeed wound up doing that for his own son. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's not much else to say other than like the world loss of solid dude. Right? Yeah. And one of the things that I will, will remember of him, uh, as of late is if you remember last or two years now, cause it was, uh, two WrestleManias ago, uh, when Kofi Kingston won, uh, the WWE championship and it was Shad and, um, MVP embracing seeing, you know, an African-American win the, most prestigious title in WWE. Uh, I will remember that of him also. in I believe in the after party, or maybe it was even the night before WrestleMania, uh, Shad puts Kofi Kingston on his shoulders at like a, uh, I think it was a Wale mania concert, you know, cause Wale is a big pro wrestling fan. So there was the Booker T's MVPs, Kofi Kingston, Big E, Xavier Woods, or yeah, Xavier Woods, all of those, uh, guys up there and yeah, Shad puts Kofi on his shoulders and they're partying and they're hanging out. So, uh, that's what I, I will like to think I will remember Shad of obviously crime time was a big part so of his fun. career. Uh, yeah. it was good. Uh, you know, he, he, he did a, a, a great job in his role in WWE and yeah, like I said, from all accounts, a really great person and, uh, can't mention it enough. Uh, if you're wanting to help out, go to collar and elbow, buy that t-shirt, uh, and proceeds will go to help his family out. And now is a time where uh, everybody, I think, would benefit from helping others. So definitely, if that's what if that's what kicks you in, by all means, please do so. Um, well, then let's get into what we're typically here for, huh? We talk about yeah. what it was a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. All um, right, so let's get yeah, right into it. it. Yeah, let's get right into it. I just want to first, uh, as Longtime listeners uh, know we like to cover the things that we like the most. And as we've mentioned last week, and I think even the week before that, because this is the third consecutive week of Spanish Announce Table episodes, you're welcome. Uh, we're going to cover AEW. That's our favorite thing right now. And so until, you know, the tides 
change to NXT or Raw or SmackDown. We're going to kick each episode off of the Spanish Announce Table talking about AEW. So the AEW Dynamite happened Wednesday night, uh, ended with uh, a street fight, air quote street fight, because it was in a football stadium between the elite and the inner circle. Uh, but overall thoughts, Tim, what did you think of this week's episode of Dynamite? Um, I liked it. It got me more into the Moxley uh, Brody Lee feud. I thought they did really well in that one with kicking it off with 10 and Moxley kind of doing that and then just kind of their back and forth throughout the night. Um, uh, one of my biggest takeaways, too, is that I love MJF more each time I see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jake Roberts Arn Anderson thing was interesting, albeit you know on the same way like you know pluses and minuses from that um gosh i mean we keep going orange cassidy can't say enough about that i mean we can get into some of these deeper of course but uh, uh and the main event was good too i thought uh aew was a solid show for me so yeah i thought i thought everything was done really well there was a lot of um you know typical go home show aspects to this episode with uh you know Colt Cabana doing a backflip off the second rope uh, because of the participants in the ladder match. Uh, but I thought what they did that made a lot of sense was, again, coherency or, you know, a coherent storyline. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy are going to be in the ladder match uh, at double or nothing. But they also have a disagreement and a beef because of death triangle and orange Cassidy and best friends. And then another layer on top of that is last week, uh, Ray Phoenix did the blood sport head kick to orange Cassidy, which, you know, incapacitated him for that week. So obviously he wants to fight him. So it made sense that they would have this match the week before their big ladder match with all the other participants. And, and I think they should be re rewarded for that because so often when it's seven guys in a ladder match, it's just two random people, right? So, you know, if this was another promotion, wink, wink, you might have saw uh, Scorpio Sky versus Ray Phoenix. And yeah, those two participants are going to be in the match, but why would they wrestle the week before a ladder match, right? It, made, it would make no sense. But this made sense. There was already uh, some longstanding beef between two factions and specifically these two guys as Ray Phoenix jumped orange Cassidy. So, uh, they, they took longstanding, you know, paint by the number kind of aspects of pro wrestling, but made it make sense with coherent storytelling. So again, another great week I thought of a W dynamite, but yeah, let's break it down kind of from start to finish. We, we started off with, uh, the John Moxley, Brody Lee, uh, segment uh, you said this made you invested into it elaborate a little bit about what you like well I, more from Brody Lee I kind of like how um, he was able to handle the uh, crowd in quotes fucking with him mm -hmm. uh, that was fun because you saw him almost start to break and then he kind of dug into it um, you know he's not the most polished which you know but it shows that he had more chops than WWE was giving him when he was over there um, like, you know what I mean? I think he's got a little work to do on it, but the storyline still kind of fits, right? Like it, you know what I mean? He's just kind of this drunk with power, thinks he's the, you know what I mean? Cult leader of the world. And he's got these folks kind of doing his bidding for their, you know, chance to be around him. And, you know, I like how he sacrificed 10, you know what I mean? Like that's what that guy would do. Um, uh, you know, it works, which will be interesting because 10 was supposed to be this big. Is 10 just gonna, 
limp along or does 10 eventually break off and become somebody we know is something else? Like all, all that's kind of intriguing to me. What did you take away from it? Yeah. I think as a world title storyline, I'm still not a hundred percent invested. And I can't really tell you why, because on paper, everything is great. You know, if, if we were to do a fantasy booking segment on Spanish announce table and you were to tell me so far, everything that's happened, I would buy into it and a hundred percent. Yep. I'm in let's, you know, let's book that tomorrow. Right. But with it actually coming, you know, to, to the forefront and, you know, know, pen to paper and paper to, to action. I don't know. It's maybe I'm just not into the John Moxley character. Maybe I'm not fully invested into what the dark order is because the name would make it seem like undertaker esque, but then, Brody Lee gives me a just an executive kind of feel. So I'm yeah. a little confused on what the group actually About is. That, it, it feels like the Dark Order was supposed to be something led by Evil Uno. And I think it wasn't taking off like they thought it would. And when they were bringing in Brody Lee, either they were already looking for somebody else to change this or he, you know what I mean? Kind of, or they somehow connected the two and it's just kind of gone a different angle maybe you know like i think this has been a work in progress that we've watched if that makes sense yeah and i also think john moxley john moxley is great as this like tasmanian devil i do what i want i come in like a tornado tornado as soon as you see the damage i'm already gone next you know into the next town right so when he's doing i i just I'm not buying into John Moxley as the champ. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Is I agree. Character isn't there's not a whole lot of substance to it. Yeah, and, and again, it's fun and it's fine. And I would I, I liked, I enjoyed the John Moxley Kenny Omega feud, right? Because it was John Moxley heard that Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. Well, he thinks he's the best wrestler in the world and he's gonna go out to prove it, right? And that's simple, easy, you know, one upsmanship. He can do that really well but now as the champ this you know dark order like i said kind of gang attacks him but then Brody lee sacrifices what it's just something's missing but i don't hate it so for this segment i liked what they did um the announcers kind of seemed a little lost on what was going on so that didn't help uh, but overall better, it was okay i think if moxley just said that right like because we know enough Especially in AEW, like we know enough of John Moxley. I, you know, I forget what his real name is, right? Um, John Good. Yeah, right. Um, to know that, like, he's not a guy that would chase material possessions or need, you know what I mean? Like, need that, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it's almost better that, like, his driving motivation would be I'm sorry, you think you're better than me? Nobody's better than me. Right? Like, nobody's better than me. I'll show you. Like, that's more the driving determination, and that's why he likes the championship, because that's what that's supposed to prove, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing I could tie that makes it feel like a realistic, emotional believability. Yeah. And again, you know, this is a great, uh, not great, this is a very well-done, executed storyline. I'm just not 100% into it. There's other things on the show that I like way better, Uh, but it's not as if I'm turning the channel because it's unwatchable. It's just not hitting a home run with me. Yeah. Well, okay. Then let's move on. Um, MJF and Marco stunt. These guys did a classic. I mean, 
you know, undersized guy versus bigger size guy, which MJF does not get a whole lot of opportunity, I'm sure, to work as the oversized guy, um, which he kind of needs to in this role. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of an easy tool for a heel like this kind of heel, too. Um, but, gosh, he's just so, so heelish. I mean, he just is what you're supposed to hate, right? Well, I really like what they're doing to what seems like a thrown-together storyline and the story that they're telling with it. Uh, again, it's multi-layered, and I enjoy that. So, yeah, yeah. on the surface, it's uh, you know going into Double or Nothing, uh, Jungle Boy versus uh, MJF. MJF thinks he's better than you, and Jungle Boy just seems like a nice guy, right? But then, if you were to watch okay. The Road to uh, Double or Nothing, MJF cuts this amazing promo where he said, you know, a lot of people are saying that we're the two young guns of AEW and we're going to push this company, uh, you know, forward and we're the future. Well, I think I'm better than you and I will be the one to push this company forward. It won't be a tandem thing. Right. So now we're getting into this, like, obviously it's not for the TNT championship or intercontinental thing, but it's to establish who is right after the Omegas and Cody's and Moxley's of the world, right? Who is that second tier? And so I like that aspect of the storytelling that MJF brought to us in the road to uh, video. And then I like the ancillary things around the story, right? Cause one thing that has happened almost every time uh, MJF and jungle boy or Marco stunt have uh, been on camera together is it ends with a Wardlow and Luchasaurus uh-huh. stare down. Right. And yep, so now yep. it makes sense why these two guys would fight because Luchasaurus is tired of MJF picking on his friends and MJF saying, well, my friend will beat you up. And so it's really good how they're mixing all of this together. I really like it. Yeah. Uh, it's easy setup for that, which is going to be a good, well, I mean, it's going to be a good buildup. We, we, I don't, we don't know much about Wardlow. Do we have, we seen a whole lot of him in the ring, if any, well, we saw him wrestle Cody uh, right. in the in the cage match, but yeah, as far as and we've seen him a, a couple squash matches, but yeah, as far as uh, you know, a, a twenty minute, thirty minute match, we haven't seen anything like that other than the Cody match. But yeah, so we we're gonna get that, but it makes sense how we got there. So I like all what they're doing with this. Like I said, it seems to be because of coronavirus, a kind of last minute thrown together storyline. But I'm invested, like you said. MJF, his promos, the kiss, the ring, the punch Marco stunt in the face with the ring, the promo that I talked about on the road to video. Yeah, he's doing he, he all made the him best pick things. his own booger and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and also and also Jungle Boy is doing a really good job, too, where uh, the first road to uh, double or nothing, which if you're not watching these videos on YouTube, I definitely recommend it makes the storylines pop even more, at least for me. Uh, and it makes me more invested. But if you watch the very first episode of Road to Double or Nothing, it's Jungle Boy getting advice from Cody on how to beat MJF, right? And Cody's saying, like, I got too emotionally invested. You know, try to keep your emotions in check. Understand that, you know, use your athleticism to beat this kind of guy. Like, that was cool because it shows that Jungle Boy is taking this match very seriously. I mean, he's getting advice from the former mentor of MJF, Cody Rhodes. So, yeah, the story is pretty cool. I really like it a lot. And then we moved on to Jake Robertson, Arn Anderson, which uh, on the surface, if I tell you we're going to have these guys show down and and advocate for their two guys, uh, you know, great. These are two of the best mic workers, you know, from days gone uh, that I can think of. 
but I don't think this helped much. In fact, I think it felt it kind of stalled it out. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and they discuss like, oh, people talked about the dream match. I don't ever recall anybody bringing up these two names as a dream match. But you got to say that, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't like unimpressed. I mean, they they're good at what they do to an extent. Arn Anderson seemed a little out of practice, but ah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I thought the lack of crowd kind of threw them yep. off, right? I mean, how long have Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson been in front of thousands of people and cut a promo, right? They hear, they, you know, they work off of reactions from the crowd, the little yeah. zingers, things Space like that. that way, yeah. Yeah, and so it was a different element for them, right? I would have wished that they went into more of why my guy is going to beat your guy. Right, it was about them. The, yeah, then the the dream match, you know, because like if if you were to tell me uh, Tyson Fury and, and uh, Deontay Wilder three uh, is going to, you know, have a stare down. But before the stare down in the match, we're going to hear from their coaches. I would assume that the coaches were, were going to tell us why their guy is going to beat the other guy. Not, you know, it would be cool if the coaches fought like if I kick your ass. Right. right like that <laughs> wouldn't happen now. You know, maybe it leads into uh, I'm a better trainer than you. The fuck you are. And then we get a face to face confrontation. But with this promo, we didn't really get that. It was more of, you know, they said I was a good wrestler and they said yeah. you were a good wrestler. No, they're going to have these guys, and we're going to get into picks later, but they're going to have these guys on the outside, you know, old man fighting. As and that's great. And I'm looking yeah. forward to that. But with this promo specifically, uh, like I said, it was fine. Um, I wish they would have went more into the. You know what I've turned Cody Rhodes into? Uh, a guy from this to that, right? And then it's Jake Roberts saying, "I'm turned. Well, I've turned this yeah. monster into someone who's going to be champion." You know, it, I wish they would have done that. Like they did not map out. Like this is where some of the WWE scripting might have been not a full WWE scripting, but might have been a little more prudent to script a little harder on this thing for those moments, right? Like get that mm -hmm. rising moment, hit a line, get a stare down, tie it to the match, give us a sell. Right. Like those kind of things, they kind of miss a lot of that. Like, and I'm sure they went back to old school and they're like, I will just get out there and wing it. But there is a difference today. There, like from what they used to do, there is more of a direct salesman mentality for that specific purpose that could use a little more pre thought. Right. It did sound like they went a little live and like, well, I can talk shit on anybody if you give me the mic, which is probably true. I mean, we could probably do the mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, is it what it is? I mean, we're there. I mean, the match kind of stands alone. I think it's going to be an amazing match and whoever wins is going to be a, you know, have a significant role moving forward with that new title. So I will say though, the Arn Anderson line about Jake Roberts does DDP yoga because I'm a spine buster his ass uh, where the sun doesn't shine. Like that was a good line. I did like right. that. And I did like when Jake Roberts threw the table up and for whatever reason, he threw the table up, but just like a perfect heel, then went after Tony Schiavone. <laughs> like yeah. he, he lunged at Tony Schiavone <laughs> to like buy himself some time. So I, I, I did like the very end of the promo, but yeah, I, I think we're kind of running into the ground just a little bit, but yeah, it would have been better if it was focused around the two guys wrestling this Saturday and not, Hey, it would have been cool to wrestle you in the nineties or eighties or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Well, then we got Ray Phoenix versus orange Cassidy right before that. We got a Pac promo, which was pretty damn good. I don't know if you caught that one, huh? Directly a Pac and a Darby and Allen promo Darby Allen playing cards with, mm. you know, the participants in the, um, 
in the ladder match and flipping him off. And then, yeah, went right into a Pac promo where that bastard is ready to come back and kick some ass. And he hates the best friends in Orange Cassidy. God damn. I don't know what they did to him, but he hates him. Uh, and I, I'm all in on Pac. I missed him. I like the bastard. I like the disgruntled, you know, everything sucks because it sucks. He's the type Speaks of guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the type of guy that I think if you were to say good morning, he would say, oh, why, how do you figure? Like he wouldn't yeah. say good morning back. So fucking like, good how do you about figure? Yeah. What are you, what's no, so tell good me right it? now. Give me a list of three fucking things that's good about it. Right. Yeah. You're just like, I didn't, I was, it's just a, it's a customary greeting. I didn't know. You know nice. Like, I ain't nice. Like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. Like he seems like that kind of guy. And I love that because if I was a pro wrestler, it's yourself turned up. I'd be Pac. He's a bastard. Mm-hmm. I'm a bastard. I relate to him. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him again, uh, and that promo w- promo package was really done well. I liked it a lot. Uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, they even kind of touched on it uh, as part of the commentary. Like, um, good in the ring. I mean, a longtime veteran, as they said, like 16 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Even with his gimmick, finds a way to kind of tie that in, but still get in a solid, full, decent, long wrestling match. So, um, I. I can't speak highly enough of his character and what he's got. Uh, you know, he's got the world on fire with that. Yeah. And I think this match would have really made the crowd go crazy and probably the viewer at home, uh, way more invested because they, they, they mapped it out as if the crowd was there just from like the very first opening spot where orange Cassidy is walking out and he sidesteps the blood sport head kick, right? That Phoenix tries again for two weeks in a row. And then it goes right into the match. And then you get the thumbs up, you get Ray Phoenix doing like the double stomps to the, uh, or excuse me, the double kick to the back of the neck. Yeah. This match would have been insane in front of a crowd. It was still very good for the circumstances, uh, but they did awesome. I, I really liked it. And then, yeah, it led into Kip Sabian, doing a distracted finish, which is a little okay. But yeah, then everyone got their shit in and I thought it was cool. Yeah. And then we got, uh, Nyla Rose and Britt Baker taking on Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker may have broke her knee. I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, you know what I think happened now, a friend of the show and a longtime friend of mine, uh, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez, he hurt his knee in, I think, a very similar spot. Because what I think happened is Britt Baker, if you watch the match back, is sitting in the in the corner and her legs are extended. And as they throw Nyla Rose into her, she puts one of her legs up, which then essentially, you know, damages the knee because you have such a large woman in Nyla Rose going into such a soft area of the knee and it maybe ripped a meniscus, maybe ripped a tendon, something like that. Uh, so yeah, hopefully she's not too in- injured, but I remember this happened to Anthony where he was sitting in the corner. Someone uh, was thrown into him. He just by, you know, reaction of flinching puts one of his legs up and then boom, hits him right in the wrong part of the knee and he's fucked. So hopefully that's not what happened to Britt Baker, but yeah, it was, it was a kind of a hodgepodge, you know, put a bandaid over a gunshot kind of uh, match because that kind of, I think, threw everyone off. And then, you know, they got well, through she's it. a heavy focus of their women's division. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, it, they had spots that were probably leading into what they were going to do, uh, you know, coming up. And, and they might have just kind of threw everybody for a ah, crap. 
Right, exactly. I will say this, though. Going back two weeks ago, one of uh, my favorite moments of the week was Nyla Rose when she went up to Sheeta and uh, she goes, you know, I heard you were looking for something and you know what? I found it. And then she hits her and goes, I found your kendo stick, bitch. Whop. Yeah. I love Nyla uh, Rose, man. Yeah, uh, I think she's mostly. Great. I also love uh, her being the champion, just to watch people melt down about it too on, online. It's fun. Yeah, uh, I mean you know? those. Pe- yeah, those small brain idiots. I, yeah, I'm whatever. Those people are stupid. But as far as the character that I see on TV, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like the way, her presence is really cool. I like the way she holds the belt kind of on her neck uh, via. A little bit like how Bailey does as as heel champion on SmackDown, uh, but yeah, the I found your Kendo stick, bitch, whop, and then it just funny and yeah, she's uh, she's doing really well as champion. Uh, I don't know who's gonna take that title off her. I know we're gonna do picks here in a little bit, but uh, I mean, she's a bad bitch, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we'll see. But yeah, it was it was a it was you know it was what it was as far as that tag match goes because of the circumstances of a potential really bad injury. Yeah. And then we had the main event. We had, um, Matt Hardy or Damascus, uh, taking on Sammy Guevara. Uh, like you said, street fight, um, which again, is kind of the whole theme of everything. We saw what we were asking last week, like who, well, who is the elite right now? Um, so, uh, you know, let's sum it up, I guess. I mean, for, I, Sammy Guevara is good. And to have a, you know, professional like Matt Hardy, who, you know, we've talked various types of shit on Matt Hardy over the years for various reasons, but he's not bad, especially in, in this role. So what do you think? I liked it a lot. I liked the match, too. Before we get into, you know, what happened post-match uh, with Jericho and Kenny Omega and the rest of the inner circle, I liked that Matt Hardy took off Sammy Guevara's boot and bit his fucking toe yeah. and, like, was kind of weird. I mean, because that's what he is, and that's where he works best right now is this weird old man who with 15 personalities and Sammy Guevara, you know, uh, saying that he couldn't make love because – uh, he got hit by a golf cart. I even liked the promo leading up before this match where Sammy Guevara was like, what What the fuck do you want me to say? They hit me with a golf cart. Like, you know, it was it was really good. Um, and, and so the match itself was really fun. And then, yeah, post-match, we saw uh, the inner circle, Chris Jericho, jump Kenny Omega, put him on the gold post, uh, hitting him with a baseball bat. And then you had uh, the return of the Young Bucks and my favorite elite member. And you know what? Credit to him because at first I didn't get it. I didn't care about the cowboy shit, but now I'm doing all types of cowboy shit because of hangman Adam page. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking cool. First off, I don't know. Did he run a hundred yards to do a clothesline? <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. What effort to just do a clothesline I think, on Jake Hager. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, uh, if you've seen the old match between Hulk Hogan and great Muda, uh, when they had that long walking platform and Hogan's on the rope and great Muda goes all the way to the entrance, the start of the entrance and runs 60 yards (laughs) to just do, you know, a little clothesline over the top rope. It reminded me of that, but, uh, it was really cool. You know, maybe, okay. I gotta, okay, Tim, let's, I got it. I got a confession. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's slow down the show here. I got a confession. You ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I've ever been, yeah. I just got to say it. I, Tom, T-Mac, 
of the Spanish announce table. This is hard for me, Tim. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. I I don't hate the Young Bucks. Oh. Now hear me out. Hear me out. I still I don't, don't like them. Hold on. I I just blocked. I still don't You're like them. <laughs> right. I still don't like them, but I don't hate them. And what I mean by that is maybe because they're off Twitter now and they're not doing these little obnoxious things that just got my, like it was just, you know, nails on a chalkboard. Maybe it's cause I'm not seeing that anymore. And mm-hmm. you know, the silence is making me forget all of those stupid little things, but I thought what they did this week was perfect, right? They showed up, they jumped off, gave big clotheslines, gave super kicks, helped out their friend, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam page. Who's the coolest member of the leap does that hundred yard, uh, clothesline. And so it made me like them all. And by saying I like them all, that means I don't necessarily hate the young bucks. So I don't know. It, it, maybe I like them this time next year. It's not going to be tomorrow. That's for yeah. sure. But Here's I don't what, hate them right now. I don't think I ever necessarily hated them. I hated the response to them when everybody was like, Oh my God, these guys are so cool. And I was like, we need to discuss what cool is apparently because these guys aren't cool. <laughs> I was like, these guys are just mimicking everything done before. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess now they've, they've kind of toned some of that back. And yes, you're right. If you run in, you know, they're kind of the zing pow zoom, right? Like smile pose, kind of like a mix of edge and Christian and like, um, gosh, I can't even think, right? Like the hurricane almost, right? Like they come mm-hmm. in, do a little zip, zap, bam, ba, ha, zing, right? Look at us. Uh, and then, you remember when ACH was here in Kansas City and he would like do a move and then he'd stop and be like, take your photography, right? And he'd like pose like real yeah, quick, exactly. like that kind of yeah, thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If they do that kind of thing, then great, right? Like that's wonderful. I was always mad at people being like, no, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, no, man, like, like I want you to explain to me logically what cool means to you if this is what you're going to tell me it is, right? Um, right? That was always what I was mad about. Yeah, and I think why I'm starting to, to turn a new leaf on uh, the Young Bucks is because they're now starting to do a lot of their own shit, right? Like, mm-hmm, the reason right. why I started to dislike them is everything was a suck it or a too sweet uh, or a super kick because it's Shawn Michaels. Now, the super kick is what it is. It's the most overused uh, move right now in pro wrestling. It has been for the last, you know, eight to ten years. But out with that, you know, as the outlier, they're doing more of, hey, this is who we are. We are the Young Bucks. We are an accomplished tag team. We're brothers. Uh, we're, you know, executive vice presidents of a company that's trying to make money and trying to change the world of pro wrestling. And it's like, okay, I can get behind that, right? I can get behind that idea of a tag team. What I can't get behind is the, oh, you're just going to do all the fun things that you did when you were 12. Well, who the fuck cares? I'll go watch a 12 year old if I want that shit. So I think that's why I'm turning over this new, uh, chapter in my observation of the young bucks is because now they're starting to do things as uh, the young bucks and not a parody of what pro well, wrestling is. And we need to address something here, right? You mentioned this, right? One of them's having a kid, right? When mm-hmm. are they not the young bucks anymore? Right? Like when is like how many times we got to go through rappers? They got to figure out, they got to drop the young name. Um, right, or the little. right. Like you're not young when you're reaching 
right? 40. Right. I couldn't call myself young anything anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. unless I'm going to, uh, you know, like an AARP meeting, right? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. in, in this world, you know, and it's not, you can't just be the bucks at some point, right? You're going to have to come up with something different, aren't they? Like, they're going to have to, they, everybody knows they're Nick and Matt Jackson, right? So maybe we come up with something along those lines, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, again, for how I'm going to feel about the Young Bucks for this week, though, in the year 2020, uh, the rebirth of Spanish Spanish Nouns Table. I, I think they're fine. Um, hey, when but I'm I, quarantined and forced to watch them and don't have any other right, options. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel. I will say, though, <laughs> I really like the last detail of the show, right, is, you know, the elite – uh, come back to full strength. Uh, that makes the um, uh, inner circle cower away. They say, we'll see you on Saturday. They move out. And then you see the elite, you see the young bucks do their silly pose. That's now, you know uh, what they have to do. It's their signature pose. You see Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy doing their stuff, but you see hangman page still leave. Like, fuck this. I just helped out because I, I need to, but I still don't like you assholes. Like I'm out of here. I just did this. I love it. I, I love that aspect of it, too. That's the thing, the little subtleties, right, of each kind of storyline. There's also some little subtlety going on, right? Because Yeah, because eventually you would think post uh, Double or Nothing, we're going to have to address the fact that Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy aren't that bad as a tag team. And what does that mean for the tag team champions of Kenny Omega and hangman Adam page? He's already disgruntled. He's already said he wants to leave the elite, but they're, you know, keeping them, uh, you know, they're, they're dragging him back into the, to the group. So what does that say for the future? And then obviously things aren't all, you know, roses and kisses on the cheek because fucking Adam page, as everyone's doing their pay, uh, their, their poses, he says, fuck off. I'm going to go get a beer in the concession stand. Cause there's no one else in the stadium. So like, it's, it's really good storytelling. I like the way they ended it with Adam page still saying, Hey, I helped out, but kindly fuck off, you know? And, and, and it wasn't just all, yeah, we're the good guys. And so, yeah, really, really good episode of dynamite leading into double or nothing. Yeah. Um, and then NXT happened the same night. There's some a few th- things to take away in here. We've got uh, Karrion Cross now, as they're calling him. They're setting up mm-hmm. a Ciampa match. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Killer Cross and Impact, but again, I only watched Impact very sporadically, and so it's hard to take a character without really knowing what's going on. I could have caught a bad night or two, you know, so I'm interested to see how this goes uh, with this NXT thing. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I yeah. like I like Cross a lot. I love his entrance. That entrance that they've built for him is, is great. fucking spectacular. I worry that they already shot for the moon a little bit too quick. And what I mean by that is Tommaso Ciampa is so fucking good and is almost that like, you know, uh, in Mortal Kombat as you go each rung, right? Yeah. So you start at the uh-huh. very bottom and you go to the next. Like Tommaso Ciampa is at the top of that totem pole he might not be the champion adam cole but you know he's right underneath there and so for cross to go right to that guy and it's like well if you beat him that's kind of like i know johnny gargano says he's the heart of nxt but you know what i'm getting at as far as baby faces Mm -hmm. Tommaso champa is that guy so if you already beat him well what the fuck else do you do what's next right who who's gonna come to the aid of of Tommaso Ciampa really no one right now 
So right. I like the the character. I just get worried that if Champa beats Cross, well, now we've just got another mid card floundering evil guy. But then if Cross beats Tommaso Champa, well, fuck, he just did everything yeah. right. Is like that's the last like, level. T- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I, I'm a little nervous just because they went right to that without a title online or anything else with like stakes to it. Um, but yeah, I, I like both of them and we haven't touched on this yet, but I do like that. They're going to be, uh, having a match at in your house. They're bringing back, yeah. uh, now it's NXT, but it's in your house. I, I think that's a fun, well, um, and if you notice, concept. they included some color in on there. We haven't seen color in the NXT presentation, mm-hmm, it's all true. black and gold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything is dark and black mm-hmm. and gold, right? So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, NXT is very opposite of what AEW does, right? Um, but is some of what AEW does, you know what I mean, good because that's what, you know, like a large group of people would like, right? Do We like some color and some bounce and some humor, Right. Mm-hmm. Is NXT a little too edgy to be right. We're competitive, mm-hmm. although the numbers still pan out that they're kind of neck and neck in these things. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think AEW still kind of slightly favors on average. Um, but, uh, man, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this in your house thing goes. I mean, now the two guys involved kind of running the NXT shop here um, were very heavily involved in the original in your houses. So, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely will see some homage stuff going on. I imagine. Oh, I would definitely see a, maybe a Todd Pettengill backstage segment with Velveteen dream or something silly like that happening. That wouldn't shock me. Uh, but the other thing on NXT that I'm really interested in, and we mentioned this last week, but now we're going to get a match next week, uh, is the Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle, uh, storyline next week. They're going to do a cage fight, uh, which I really hope, and I've seen it online and I, I bought into it and I'm also influenced because of the current book I'm reading. Uh, but I hope they do a Lions Den cage match. Remember when Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart had their Lions Den match, where it was like this cage, you know, sunken down, and the the chain link fence rose up above them, and the ref was on this you know platform, fifteen feet above them, circling and counting if they saw the shoulders and stuff. Like I yeah. want the Lions Den cage match between the former UFC fighter, Matt Riddle, well, that's and the arguably thing, right? the you know toughest guy in Timothy Thatcher. Right. You mimic this. That's what they're going for, right? They're mimicking this kind of, even in the presentation of how they're working each other, you know, in ring. Um, and even as he said, like, your only way you're going out is getting knocked out or tapped out, you know, like, or, you know, whatever paraphrase mm-hmm. I'm saying of what he said there. Um, yeah, I, I feel like those are guys that can help get you a crossover appeal. And so if you put it in a, you know, presentation that looks similar, it may get some initial looky lose, right? Going, what's going on here? What is this? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I can't, I'm going to definitely make an appointment viewing to see the Timothy Thatcher, uh, Matt Riddle match. That's uh, probably my favorite storyline in NXT, but that's because I have a soft spot for Matt Riddle. And I think he's the coolest guy in pro wrestling. So, yeah, they also had the, you know, they're doing this cruiserweight kind of World Cup style um, groupings Boo. for this tournament, but none Boo. of these people are impressing me. Um, I like the format of that. If they put in good people in a tournament ever, like, I kind of like that. That's a good way to get nope. to people you have nothing for, right? Nope. <laughs> um, nope. But nope. they're not producing it well here. Nope. Um, I don't like. I don't like anything about this. You don't like Tim. it at all, huh? 
I hate the point format that reminds me of the TNA bound for glory thing where I've got to do <laughs> long division to understand if AJ Styles has more points than Jeff Jarrett. That's all fuck the best to do any long division. Yeah, I hate it's it. It's, it's a rankings. But it's like it's they do just, the World Cup and it's like how they do stupid any kind of large round robin tournaments and stuff. Dumb. Dumb. Don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. The only tournament formats that work for me are the you know king of the ring tnt championship tournaments where it's single, single elimination, elimination huh? let's get it going that's what you know look march madness works because it's single elimination winner moves on right if they you know did the a round robin right? oh the world cup doesn't work the only reason people <laughs> like soccer is because it, it doesn't soccer is not the world's game the only reason it's the world's game is because the world's broken it's a cheap sport to play whatever that's my hot take anyhow i don't like it I don't like the participants. I don't like that's an interim NXT championship either. Remember, uh, the, the the funny looking Finn Balor protege is the real champ, but because he can't fly over, apparently he's just getting his title just hijacked in a storyline by Drake Maverick, who I guess got fake fired, or maybe he did get fired and he's just going to complete this tournament. I don't like anything about it. The storyline is stupid with Drake Maverick because you're either doing two things. You're either one exploiting a real guy who got fired and saying like, well, you got fired, but we're going to still make money off you. Or they fake fired him, And it's a slap in the face to the Rusevs and Carl Anderson's of the world who actually got fired and saying, Hey, uh, we had to make this cut just for funsies. And now we're going to turn into a storyline that makes oh, us money. We had to make, we had to make this cut to help pay for the XFL, which we said we weren't paying for, which is just going to go bankrupt, which we're just going to rebuy under a different fake company name so we didn't have to have the responsibility of paying the people when we went bankrupt. Sorry, guys. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the XFL is yeah something completely different that just gets under my skin. But, uh, man, you can tell the, the tone of the show has changed as soon as we talk about WWE. <laughs> Anyhow, because he's a fucking psychopath who's a very bad person. Anyhow, we love the wrestlers. Um, I just don't like anything about this tournament. I really don't. And it, and I know they're trying to build new stars, and I applaud them for trying, right? We, we've got some new guys that are getting matches who we probably wouldn't have seen if there wasn't a tournament. But the Drake Maverick thing is stupid and silly. And then, yeah, the... Well, you lost, but then you won twice, and then that guy won, but he won by submission, and submission doesn't mean the same as pin and blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Just single elimination, get in, get out. That's the way it should be done. Well, that's all I really cared about in NXT. I mean, you know, they had some other stuff. But uh, in Raw and SmackDown, the only things I really cared about were Otis and Rollins. I don't know. Um Otis and yeah, Otis and Braun Strowman. I thought again, uh, for people who are just now listening to the uh, to the show, we record on a Thursday night, so the newest episode of uh, SmackDown. If you're listening to this later, uh, we haven't seen yet. The last one that we saw was previous, uh, where Otis and Braun Strowman uh, teamed up to take on Miz and Morrison. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the little bit uh, again, you can't do it too much, but the fake cash in where Otis was just playing, just playing with you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Just playing with you. Like he's fun. I think, I think the reason why, cause we talked about this last week where you are kind of not bought in on Otis and I am here's why I think I'm bought in on Otis. Otis is the Chris Farley of the WWE. And I loved Chris Farley. Right? Like it's this silly, weird, fat guy who can be really funny. And in this case, in WWE, he can really wrestle a good match, or he can just give you fart sounds and go through a table. Like, yeah. 
Otis is Chris Farley and Chris Farley is awesome. And that's why I'm still invested in Chris Farley or excuse me, in Otis. And also the whole love uh, I, angle with Mandy Rose. Yeah. I would just tweak it to be a mix between Chris Farley and old school Dusty Rhodes hard times, right? Like, oh, I yeah, think I would yeah, yeah. tie that to get the, you know what I mean? To get a little more serious, to get more people to be like, that's my guy. Woo wee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. God damn again. Boy. You always go southern. I just go southern, yeah. <laughs> um, Otis, but I mean, fun. I like the Miz and Morrison segment uh, to start. I like how they're just, you know, back to their shitting on everybody ways because their ass don't smell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I like that. Um, you know, them just being like, how did you pull that? <laughs> like, just incredulous at that this guy is a thing. Right. Um, and then um, Raw, uh, the whole, we kind of talked about it offline, um, Austin Theory getting out of a group he really didn't belong in and now kind of in a better group that he fits better with here, with the Rollins thing. You know, which, I, yeah, which I'm curious to know if, you know, uh, the Messiah Seth Rollins makes Zelina Vega pay for what uh, Austin Theory had to go through, right? So, like, Austin Theory got kicked out of a group and thrown to the trash and you know seth rollins dark order style you know saw this loser and is turning him into a winner but by doing that does austin theory go like hey now that i'm the shit i want to take my vengeance out on that group that kicked me to the curb like i wonder if we're gonna get that here in a little bit well does buddy murphy get jealous of austin theory suddenly like right and and we don't know because of COVID-19 and the stay-at-home orders and travel restrictions and things like that. But, you know, AOP was still a disciple of uh, Seth Rollins. So thought, eventually, right, yeah. yeah, eventually you well, would think they're going right? to come back. I don't know. I really don't know. You yeah, know. I thought one of them was injured. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know for how that's been a bit. So, I don't know. Yeah, so I like that the group of... Uh, Seth Rollins expands, but I also like the fact that it comes at, you know, one of the other heel factions throwing their guy to the curb. So uh, hopefully they go with better storyline telling. I think it's just going to be a don't remember that Austin Theory was in that group with Zelina Vega. He's always been with Seth Rollins. That's the history you're going to know. You know, like that's probably what happens. That probably is what happens. But uh, what do you say? Well, let's do some uh, picks. You want to uh, fill them in on a little fun uh, twist to our picks coming up? Yeah. So we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do AEW picks and we'll still do the WWE picks. But with WWE doing a uh, every month uh, pay-per-view where it's Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, Backlash, blah, 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 blah. AEW does it more sporadically, at least at the current rate that they're going. So we're going to add a little bit more spice to uh, our AEW picks. And this is what we decided offline. Uh, we're going to do our picks. And the winner will be crowned the winner for that uh, pay-per-view event, right? I won double or nothing. Tim won double or nothing. But the loser is going to have to pay a price. And what we, we've decided is if Tim loses to me, he will have to do a version of the ice bucket challenge where he has to dump ice water on himself on uh, one of our social media platforms. If Tim wins double or nothing and I lose, I will be eating 
a piece of food that has the bomb hot sauce on it. And if you've ever seen the hot one show uh, from first we feast, uh, you'll know the bomb is the shit and will make you the cry because it's fucking spicy. So it will give you the shits. (laughs) You're right. So it is sold here in uh, Kansas city. I will be purchasing one just in case I happen to lose to Tim, which come on guys, we all know that won't happen, but uh, I am ready. Yeah. So we're going to do a little fire and ice, right? Like fire uh, and ice. uh Now, uh, what what are we going to break this down? Just straight up. We're picking who is announced as the winner of the match. Yes. 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 Unless here, here's our caveat. If it's let's add the caveat. If uh, trying to think, if you specify your pick in some way, right? If you caveat your pick in some way, like I think this person's going to win, but it's going to be by disqualification. Then both of those things have to happen, right? Like, so the less specific you make it, the better your chances are technically. Yes. Or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to do just straight picks, winners and losers. So, right. Uh, Tim, now, I think you let have- me do this. I'm looking at the card that's on awwrestling.com right now. There's eight matches in the regular card and a buy-in. So I propose we use this buy-in as it doesn't necessarily count as a point, but will be used as a tiebreaker. There you go. I like okay. it. Yep. All right. So buy-ins let's start with will that. Be tiebreakers. The buy-in yep. will be the tiebreaker for this one, at least specifically because it looks like we have an even number and that could, well, and even if there wasn't an even number, we could wind up with an even thing. So we'll use this as a tiebreaker, right? Yep. Private party and the best friends. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, well, maybe we don't use this as the tiebreakers. I don't know if we're going to pick the same thing, but I think the best friends win this. I do too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I I I think best friends uh, will win this because I think they're on a roll. I think uh, during that hiatus where they filmed you know 15 episodes i'm exaggerating here but where they filmed 15 episodes in one day uh it was a lot of best friends and that did really good uh ratings so i think that they're still gonna push that best friends tag team to the moon and that's why i think they're gonna get a win over private party yeah yeah we'll figure out a different tie-in or a tiebreaker scenario as i walk through this maybe we'll find one where if we disagree on any specific you know ones we'll pick the you know what i mean we'll get Mm -hmm. we'll pick one is the most important the listener is hearing some yeah. workshopped ideas. Right. So. All right. Then Keep let's the go down to the main card. Let me start from um, the bottom of this list. Let's start with a singles match that we've got MJF and Jungle Boy. What's You want me to go first or you want to go first on this one? I'll let you go first. This one's tough for me. I think in this, they're going to have... Gosh, MJF is like undefeated right now in 2020, but I just, I don't want to. I think MJF's going to win. I think somehow Wardlow's going to do something, which we're going to get the final actual go to blow with Wardlow and, and, um, and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, right? And that'll lead into the next thing they do, the next and carry kind of carry on that story. So I think MJF gets a cheap victory because of that, thereby, you know what I mean? They don't necessarily have to keep going on because now the focus of this is. You know what I mean? Luchasaurus and Wardlow have t- picked up this fight, and they're they're leading forward. So I'm going to say MJF wins via dirty tactics. MJF, wins. I've got I've got Jungle Boy. I think yeah. we're gonna we need a little shock for our card because uh, not to uh, tip my hand too much, but I think we're going to get a lot of chalk 
with uh, the rest of the matches. So I think we need a shock here and I can see a roll up or, you know, some type of, uh, you know, uh, crazy victory for Jungle Boy, maybe a distraction uh, from Luchasaurus or Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy gets the win. So I'm going Jungle Boy to beat MJF. Okay. Uh, we've got Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears. We didn't talk about this when we talked about Dynamite, but the Sean Spears news uh, is something yeah, he should do good. moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to keep him relevant. It's in and out, and it's a good way to talk some shit on some. Yeah, and it, he can he can be a facilitator to be like, isn't that crazy that that person and that person has mm-hmm. beef? That's right. Being Doesn't even have to be about him. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Or it could be the hey, I'm calling out this asshole this week. So yeah, I think it's great. Oh, it's so uh, with great. This, yeah, with this, I will go first. Uh, I think Sean Spears. I think he needs to keep the news thing going. I think they've invested in him. Um, I think Dustin's kind of, you know, on his way out. Maybe we start a storyline where he loses confidence in himself. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going Sean Spears. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to pick, I've got a great idea for our picks moving forward that we'll talk about offline, but, uh, um, I, so like, I want to be different right now and pick Dustin Rhodes, but I, I, I think there's no way I can justify it in my brain, right? Like he's, even if he's not retiring, he's going to put over Sean Spears here. And yes, you can put somebody over and still beat them, but I don't feel like that's where Dustin Rhodes goes with this. Sean Spears is also, he's been prevalent on programming, but not really productive of a, to himself, if you will, right? So I feel like he needs this to kind of really, as you said, keep adding, you know, air to the flame here, right? Um, so yeah, it's got to be Sean Spears, right? I agree. Sean Spears, yep. All right, so let's move up to the ladies. Um, I don't know that this match is going to go off. Dr. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. So let's say Statlander versus possibly Baker versus somebody else maybe is the match. Um, oh. I don't even know how we picked this one, huh? Yeah. Uh, if it does happen, I think Britt Baker wins. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, Big Swole versus Statlander as a last-second replacement, I think Statlander wins it. Um, yeah, let's just, let's hold a pause on this one because we just yeah. don't know. And, we'll strike yeah. this one from our bets because we don't know this one. Unless you and I on the side, day of, can right. say unless the same hear, time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We will post it to our Twitter uh, and Facebook if after recording they announce Britt Baker's out, you know, uh, woman X is in. Uh, not that that's a wrestler, but you get what I'm saying. TBD is in, and uh, then we'll make a pick on that. All right, let me pull up the casino, the casino ladder match participants here. Let me get that list up. A little unprepared. Bobby Heenan School of Journalism here. And ba, 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 da, ba. <laughs> where is it, Tom? You were supposed to have it it's right there. Just look to the left. You were supposed to have it. All right, here we go. So they announced they have, there will be nine people for this thing. One of which will be a surprise, right? Uh, so they've got Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, freshly squeezed, Ray Phoenix, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, Kip Sabian, Scorpio Sky are the eight names we know, and there's a mystery participant announced at Double Nothing, which also makes this difficult, but... Um, Who do you think the mystery person is? 
I don't know. I think it's going to be somebody we haven't seen yet, right? Like, it feels like it's going to be a complete unknown to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Drew Gulak? Oh, you think he's available? Wouldn't he still have a 90-day no-compete? Well, his contract expired. He didn't get fired. That means he doesn't have a 90-day no-compete, so he could show up at double or nothing because it could have been an eight-man, and they just said, hey, we got Drew Gulak. Let's make it nine because it is kind of weird that nine guys would be in a ladder match, right? That's a weird number, I think. So it could be Drew Gulak. But But again, we we talked about the format, right? It begins with two competitors. Every 90 seconds, a new one will step in. Um, we don't know what the order is going to be, but, uh, anybody can win it even without all participants having made it yet, which is weird. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to pull that trigger on the first one because you fuck some of these guys, right? Um, you don't get to be in the match, even though we booked you, uh, that doesn't sound right. So, uh, but there, that's the thing. If this match continues, they're going to have to pull that trigger someday. So that's interesting. I think they might've booked themselves into a corner. They didn't want to with that aspect of it. I feel like, um, do we know, does getting the chip win you a world championship match, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but not like a money in the bank, right? It's not like a cash in at any time, right? No, no, no. It's just, you get it. Right. Um, God, then I'm going to (sighs) say, Darby Allen, because I don't know that anybody else on here, I feel like they're giving them a, like, building a world title run around them outside of maybe Kip Sabian, or at least a world title chase, if you will, um, outside of this mystery participant, right, who I don't know. So I'm going to say Darby Allen. All right, this is where I'm taking a shot. This is first time, might as well. AEW's fun. They might think outside the box. If you recall, before... Uh, right at the start of this quarantine, stay at home, uh, no audience shows. Uh, we got some highlight packages of a guy that I think they're investing time into. And I think the tag team is dead. I think the faction is dead. So I think the winner of this ladder match is going to be Scorpio Sky. Mm. Mm. Remember, they did the whole... Why is Scorpio Sky someone you should care about? Well, it's this and this and this, and SCU gave me my shot. And then they kind of just went away from it, right? Like It was like, hey, you should care about Scorpio Sky. Now forget about it for a little bit. And now I think it's going to be, hey, SCU kind of did their thing. They were the first tag team champions. Uh, I think there was uh, a lot of sizzle uh, in the Jericho-Scorpio Sky match from a few months back. Maybe Jericho was impressed by some, you know, that match in Scorpio Sky. I think he has the look to be a champion. I think he has all the goods uh, to to be someone you could put the title on. And I think this is a great reason why he would win this ladder match. Tom coming out the gate swinging. I like that. Scorpio <laughs> Sky. All right, but you're wrong. All right, singles title for the A or singles match for the AW Women's Title. Nyla Rose, the champ, defending against Hikaru Shida. Uh, I think Nyla Rose wins this. I I could see myself. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they put it on Shida, but I just think, you know, kind of as we touched, I mean, it, it's not bad publicity for them. Uh, she's really good at what she does. She's believable that she would beat the shit out of people. Um, they don't have a lot of bullets in that, you know, holster. Uh, in this division. So flip-flopping the title isn't the greatest idea right now. So I'm going to say Nyla Rose. I will say Nyla Rose as well. I do want to revisit real quick on how I think uh, the ladder match is going to go, though. Okay, yeah. If you re- if you recall, 
one of the Money in the Bank uh, winners was Damian Sandow, and he turned on his tag team partner to get that briefcase. Do not be shocked if Scorpio Sky gets whatever is at the top of that ladder. Uh, if he pulls um, what's his ass, his tag team partner uh-huh. uh, d- down and essentially turns yeah. on him, but it's for the greater good of the singles competitor. I think that's could be the finish. Yeah, Kazarian's about to get the chip and then he gets a little, uh, uh, little testicle delight from Scorpio sky. Right. right. And then it's, Hey, Hey man, every man for himself. Don't worry you about it. To pal. That's where balls. We... You could have just, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Then that's where we get dissension. That's where Scorpio sky gets pushed to the moon. Maybe you're just jealous Anyhow. of me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyhow, let's, uh, I got a little distracted right. there as you were but talking. But Nyla Rose, um, we both say, all right. Yeah, Nyla Rose. I, I, for all the same reasons you said, I, I think she st- stays the champion. All right, we got the final for the TNT Championship. Uh, we got Iron Mike Tyson going to uh, present the title to the winner, Lance Arthur or Cody. I, I think this is tailor-made for Cody, right? Like, you don't become the executive vice president, the someone that's doing all the media on ESPN Radio and Shaq life and all of this stuff to have Mike Tyson put the title on the other guy, right? right? Like he's, he's not, he didn't become champ, which was a good move because at the time Jericho was still on fire and he's still the man. Right. Uh, but the photo shots, uh, or the, the photos, uh, the shots of, uh, you know, Tyson putting that title around, uh, Cody's waist. I think that's the publicity AEW is looking for. And that's why I got Cody. Although, I think it's going to be awesome. I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, Mike Tyson gives a good old gut punch to Jake the Snake Roberts. Something like that happens. Um, but I think this is going to probably steal the show. And I got Cody to uh, become your first ever TNT champion. It is totally Cody. I mean, the 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 network name is on the title. Um, they're going to want to send this off to Conan, right? Like it, it's it's going to be. Uh, highly publicized mike tyson's already here it's going to be the guy in the suit right the golden haired guy with the million dollar smile uh it's cody yeah 100 five dollar tattoo <laughs> right and that i mean and then lance archer and jake roberts are now mad at what happened and they're gonna take their frustrations out on everybody in AEW. the evil has now been unlocked right like so they don't need right. it they don't need it um, Cody will take this and be the media whore that it needs to be for a while. Um, it's going to be great publicity for all of it, all of it involved. And Cody should get this and Cody. Wins. I like it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, the singles match for the AEW world championship in the possession of the challenger, Mr. Brody Lee, but the champion John Moxley will defend hope to actually physically regain AEW world championship guy. I think we both think Moxley is kind of what we've seen like we've said before, but I don't know if you're changing your mind here, but I think Moxley wins this, albeit I, I again, I'm kind of upset that they went with this feud early because I felt like you put Brody Lee in this spot at this moment of this rising character and storyline. It's not good to not have him win it, but it's senseless to have him win it against Moxley right now. Yeah, I'm changing my mind. Okay. I'm going Brody Lee. I think 
I think uh, what I said last week, uh, I'm remembering now. I don't see how you could have, you know, a Jake the Snake Roberts turning Lance Archer loose on the entire roster and then also a pissed off Brody Lee and his dark order of minions running through the roster. Like that's the same. You're being redundant. You're doing the same thing twice. Now I know there's different wrinkles to it, but you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's the same heel. Right. Same tactics. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I could see, you know, what would be really cool to me is Brody Lee and this dark order now reigns over AEW, right? So we have this black cloud over, uh, AEW and what will happen next as, you know, this, uh, cult like figure runs, you know, rampant on AEW. Well, it pisses off John Moxley and John Moxley becomes that tornado that I was telling you about that works great as this just, I'm in and out. Here's a, a paradigm shift for you. Here's a paradigm shift for you. And I'm fucking gone. Right. If you do a John Moxley, Lance Archer, right. Just two chaotic baby face heel, uh, you know, kick ass, uh, wrestlers going at each other. And I, I just, if Brody Lee loses, it's almost the nail in the coffin right. of the dark. Order. It's the, so it's what initially I'm, happened to Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So I think, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a successful run. I think John Moxley works better as not a champion. So for all those reasons, I'm going Brody Lee as your AEW champion. Okay. I mean, I, you sold me on making it believable that they would do it, right? And again, uh, it's a new title. It's not like it's got some great lineage. So, I mean, if it bounces around a little bit, uh, it, it helps build, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we've had four champions, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm still going to go with Moxley just so, you know, we can remain a little different. And that's how I initially felt, and I'm going to stick with it. John Moxley. All right, the final match, the Stadium Stampede, the Inner Circle, the Elite. <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to make you go first, man. I don't know what to think yet. I think you go elite. I think the whole young bucks and the hundred yard sprint of hangman Adam page was meant to show like business is about to pick up. We're here to kick some ass. I think the inner circle is proven with Jericho losing the title, but they're still the focal point of the show that they can really take losses and it really doesn't hurt them necessarily. Uh, I can see the elite winning. And then at the very end, uh, hangman Adam page does his finisher to Kenny Omega or maybe one of the young bucks and just is like, fuck all this shit. Right. And, and now we've got that story running. So, uh, I'm going the elite, but I do think Adam page does something, uh, to make us go like, Oh shit, maybe he's not that friendly with the rest of them. It's actually a very uh, good and thorough analysis, uh, to still come up with the wrong conclusion, Tom, what's going to happen. Thanks. Is uh, kind of what you said, right? Things are going to be going for great for the elite. It's going to look like a sure victory. Somebody's going to do something nefarious with the inner circle, like a, a Jericho in the moment, right? An opportunist that's going to make Adam Page think the elite has done something stupid or wrong to him. The inner circle is going to sneak the win at the end, and that's when we're going to get that dissension at the end. After they've lost the match, Adam Page, you know what I mean, wallops one of the bucks or something in frustration. And that carries on the next time while the inner circle is laughing and pointing and the elite then starts to begin to go their ways. I like that. Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. I can definitely see that because you still have at the end of this match, regardless, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam page as your tag team champion. So you've got to tell whatever story out of this match with those two. So, so that's what it is. We've got uh, four matches that we, well, I think we have nine, huh? One, two, 
four, one, two, three, four. No, there's eight altogether. Did we miss something? I don't think so. Oh, no, we did. Yeah, Not because we took remember. off the um, the Britt oh, Baker. Baker. So we've got yeah. four where we disagree, four where we do agree. So we'll leave that last one as a tiebreaker if there's a tie at the end, right? Because it's the last match, right? We'll use it because we do differ mm-hmm. on that. So we'll use that as our tiebreaker. Sounds easy to me, right? If we wind up with a tie, whoever picked the last match right, then yeah. Yeah. And uh, for the listeners uh, at home or in your car or wherever you're listening to uh, our great podcast at, um, details to come on where you will see these punishments, right? So we're going to maybe do it on Instagram live, maybe Facebook uh, live. One of these maybe platforms at your house. where you can, yeah, maybe at your house if you pay us enough. Um, but we're going to do one of these uh, platforms to where you can see either me cry in pain or Tim's nipples cut glass. Uh, most likely Tim's nipples cut glass. Cause he's going to be covered in ice water. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that as well. Watch out on our Instagram uh, Twitter or Facebook for announcements on that. Yeah. Um, I like it. I'm interested for this card. Um, I tell you what, um, uh, I'm kind of wishing they had a network, you know, uh, extra content aside. The biggest thing I like the WWE network for is the cost effective measures of getting the pay-per-views. So if oh, AEW yeah. is going to start putting out these pay-per-views, I kind of, I mean, I, I guess BR live is a, is a thing, but I don't generally use that for anything else. So I don't know if that's saving me a whole lot either, but ah, yeah, BR live does have past episodes of AEW. Uh, I actually got nostalgic and missed watching uh, wrestling in front of crowds. So I watched the AEW before revolution that I was at Mm -hmm. here in Kansas city. But it still costs you 50 uh, bucks to get it on BR live. So it's not really saving you. It's not like a subscription there either, as I see it, huh? Correct, yeah. but what I'm saying is if you have BR Live, you can watch past episodes of Dynamite. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you wanted to just use it for that aspect, you can. But, yeah, of course, it would be way cooler if they had their own network and for nine, you know, $10 a month, uh, you had all these just recurring. So It's weird to uh, me. Is but this, I still love it. You've been on kind of both sides of this. Now, not on the scale of AEW, but you've seen uh, companies doing pay-per-view events. You've seen companies mm-hmm. doing live television is it still in in the in the I mean pay per view is not at its height of popularity right like the numbers are not turning in like they used to Correct. am I right on that um, Correct like oh, yeah. so 100%. could they not make more money putting this on live television with advertisements like do they make significantly I, more off of the full share of the paper not that they get the full share but the majority of it I'm I'm guessing versus like television advertising where it's like a shared revenue setting. Yeah, you get more money as a company doing pay-per-view than you do on television because uh, you're, in this case, TNT would get the lion's share of the profits, whereas in pay-per-view, AEW gets the profits but more so like than Facebook the direct Live? TVs and VR lives. You couldn't live yeah. stream it with advertisers? Like, you may have some contractual issues with your network provider. Right, that, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, everything is tricky right now because you even have, you know, the, the idea of having your own network sounds great, but look at uh, uh, a streaming service like DAZN right yeah. now, right? They they have one of the best boxers in the world, Canelo Alvarez. They have um, uh, Anthony Joshua. They just picked up uh, uh, Bellator not too long ago, and they're losing yeah, money it's, every well, freaking day. Well, and the day. network is not getting what they thought it would. It seems like this is going to go the way 
of kind of what cable news happened. It's going to be most profitable for a few content providers to have several various channels, right? ESPN is going to have everything sports or sports related. Netflix will have yeah. everything movie related. You know, mm-hmm. Hulu might have everything TV related or YouTube, right? Like those kind of things where, you know, you get like the WWE network is more of a channel on the ESPN network might work better for everybody involved, right? And then there the by the customer doesn't have to go, God, I got a five dollars here and a five dollars here and a five dollars here and a, you know what I mean? They can right. get some tears and shit. Yeah. We're back to cable TV as it were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what is uh, what is uh, new is old and what is old is new again. So uh, we will sh- we will see what happens. But, yeah, I-, I will say this. As far as the frequency of AEW pay-per-views, uh, I am in a very good position. I am one of the fortunate ones to still be able to work during this pandemic. Uh, even outside of the pandemic, if this was normal circumstances, I don't necessarily feel so much of a burden paying the $50, what it is here in America for an AW pay-per-view because it's not every month, right? Because they do it right. once, you know, every two to three months, I'm okay with giving the $50 when I can, uh, whether that be for revolution or double or nothing or whatever it is, instead of just, Oh God, uh, now I got to do it again. It's another, fi-. like I'd be skipping things then. So uh, for what their current model is, I'm, I am in a good position, and so I don't necessarily hate what they're doing. Right. But I definitely understand it if you're, you know, pinching pennies, why this sucks. Well, I'm just thinking for them moving forward, right? Like, are they going to feel that pressure of like, geez, we made not that much on the pay-per-view. What if we had a fifth one and a sixth one? And you, we've seen where that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, okay, but, I mean, it boggles my mind that WWE was still able to, like, put out pay-per-views month after month and get, like, hundreds of thousands of people to still pay month. I'm like, man, some people have – a large number of people seem to have way more expendable income than – Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Jeez, like, man. Or their, ne- or their necessary uh, purchases are way different than mine. Right. You know? Yeah, interesting. But uh, I'm excited for this one. Back to the wrestling. Um, yeah, super fun. I'm excited for you to lose and burn your mouth off and, and shit fire for a couple of days. That'll be fun stories for the podcast. I'm excited to see you get hypothermia. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. Right. Especially, yeah, especially right now with respiratory illnesses being high uh, concern, you know. What better time than now? Right. What better time now than go try to willingly catch pneumonia? That'll be great. Yeah. That'll be great. Love it. That'll be great. Um, yeah. So. Until next time, uh, when you get to join us and see who gets to get laughed at, uh, this has been another edition of the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table.